Hi, where are you? I have been out of ADHD medication for three weeks because the DEA is a fucking twat gobbler. Oh, God. Um, okay, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, like, three minutes. I'm just gonna put a shirt on. Okay, <laughs> She just hung up. We are back. It is I. It is you. It is we. <laughs> this is a bad intro. Yeah, it's not going well. It's not going great. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome back to our podcast, Puff Puff, Pass the Popcorn. I'm your host, Kate. That over there is Rachel. <laughs> Whatever you do, say nothing. <laughs> it's the perfect podcast. So bad. <laughs> Nobody talk. <laughs> We need the energy in here. We need the energy in this piece. We need to come in hot, flashy. You know why I don't have the energy for this? Why? The fucking movie that we watched this week. I was up at four o'clock in the morning and I was scared. And I couldn't sleep. I was scared. (laughs) Okay. I too was scared um, because I watched it last night. You know, I got a procrastinate i have to do my homework the night before it's due aka today so yes last night i decided to start a movie at 1 a.m and smoke a sativa and just really freak myself out and just go along for the ride and just squeeze it on in um i've seen this movie barbarian before have you i have yeah it scared me more the second time around. <laughs> you know, it's really good. I was really impressed with the rewatch factor, which we talk a lot about. And that, I feel like, is what makes a really good movie. Is not so much how it is the first time around, but did how we, is the rewatch? Did we say the name of this movie? <laughs> I thought I did, but <laughs> in case you weren't listening or you were too scared to fully focus... Both are me. ...this week... We watched the movie Barbarian. It was horrifying. Um, It it came out in 2022, which is uh, the last year that I will ever know a moment of peace in the evening when the sun sets. Yeah, I was fucking terrified. I watched this movie... I, when it came out on HBO Max, because I remember seeing it and I was really excited for it. So I you mean don't the think I've app seen it. formerly known as HBO Max. Now they just call it Max just to keep it nice and confusing. Yeah, I'm not going to do that though. <laughs> HBO Max. So this was my second time watching it and I was more scared. <laughs> The second time that I was the first time. Because the first time, I didn't know what I was getting into. The second time, I knew what was coming, and it was terrifying. And at one point, I yelled out, oh, fucking shit, <laughs> because I was so scared. <laughs> That's a lot. Have you had any uh, main character moments of the week? I did have a main character moment. Um you to share I- with the class? <laughs> I do want to share with the class. This... For this show and tell week, um, I brought to you the fact that I did my dishes one time, um, which sounds like nothing. No. But, but I'll have you guys know this mundane task that you do 
daily, even multiple times a day um, for all of the regular Joe Schmoes and Mary Smiths of the world. Um, that is not something that I do a lot. Thank God for my husband. He cooks, he does the dishes. He's super great at it. I hate my dishwasher, but I still emptied that bitch and then I filled it up. And then I was like, you know what? I might as well just run for presidency next year, get involved in some, you know, social changes. Honestly, and, you've gotten more done than anyone in the past couple of years has. So. <laughs> um, but it's it's weird. Like after I put my dishes away, I just was really feeling that that sense of accomplishment and success yeah. that, you know, most people who are graduating college and high school are feeling. And I'm just like, the dishes are done. Dopamine. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was low key high key just like my little little main moment i was having a very busy week so it was important i love that i love what that. about you what main character energy and moments and vibes are you bringing to this classroom i ordered a hammock on amazon with a hammock stand and i was hoping it was going to be here and i was going to have it set up and that was going to be my my main character moment of the week was vibing in my hammock on summer break. But my hammock is lost in the Amazon mosphere. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so that's not it. Um, but I've been doing a lot of reading lately, which I know is lame and like not very main. No, that's cool. I wish I knew how to read. Momenty. Um, and I finished a really good book that I'm recommending to everyone. It is called The One. It is by John Mars, M-A-R-R-S. I, I uh, wish I could read more. I wish I had the attention for more. Something about something about movies will suck me in the mm -hmm. same way a book will deter me. Don't know how. Don't know why. Wish and I could you know, I, I had that same mindset. I was like, well, I can't focus on a book. So what's the point of reading? But even if I read like one or two pages before I go to bed, I just feel better and I feel like, okay, I read something. Do you feel real main character y? <laughs> it is, it is very main character y. Anyway, me finishing that John Mars book was not even the main character moment. Oh. The main character moment was that I finished that book on the Kindle app on my iPad and immediately I was like, yes, I'm inspired to read. I need to read all the books. So Donnie and I went to Half Price Books and Barnes and Noble. And we got four more books. <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I just feel like a main character energy queen when I'm in a bookstore. I have a recommendation of a movie you should not watch at all. Okay. <laughs> Point blank period ever. Somebody recommended a movie to me who does not know me that well. And <laughs> they recommended this movie based off visual effects and like cool different CGI like world ending type of activities. And when I think of that type of stuff, I'm thinking like the day after tomorrow, 2012, mm -hmm. like we're gonna like raise the water level. I don't know if you ever watch uh, San Andreas with mm -hmm. Mr. Dwayne, mm -hmm. um, The Rock Johnson. I stuff love like apocalypse that. movies. I love apocalypse movies. Me too. Movies. I like a good apocalypse movie, which was yeah. why when I sat down to watch Moonfall, I was so disappointed that I couldn't hang. 
I had to turn it off after 20. You know, it had John Bradley in it. You know him as Samuel Tarly from Game of Thrones. And I was like, ooh, Halle Berry's in this. Like, this might be cool. Michael Pena's in it, too. And I was like, okay, like, we got a decent cast. But then the story just started moving along just right downhill from there. It was like if Elon Musk made a movie and he was like, what if every single conspiracy theory ever was true? And then they started (laughs) getting into, like, queue clearance and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I can't even hang on to any of this as being mildly science fiction-esque as far as like the moon falls into the planet earth type of thing because i just don't believe it i don't buy it there's no way and i couldn't hang i couldn't even get to any cool cgi parts within the first 20 minutes the moon is quote unquote crashing into the earth and it's messing with the tides and everything and it wasn't nearly like a tsunami that you would imagine when that type of stuff is happening and so so i'm so sorry to interrupt but caitlin did you get to the end of that movie because i have and it gets 10 times worse no i couldn't i turned it off after 20 minutes um like right when they were gonna like run up the stairs away from the water and i was like if this was a tsunami you wouldn't have time to run up Mm -mm. stairs to save yourself Mm -mm. like a tsunami is gonna wipe out the whole like 20-story building period so Uh, can i ruin it for you and everyone listening because well here's the thing it's already ruined because it's a piece (laughs) of garbage i really have no idea what the director uh roland emmerich was thinking but uh he should have done independence day and quit you should have never came back with for this, but you go ahead and ruin it some more. So basically that, because I watched that same movie too, and I was like, maybe it's, maybe they're going to turn it around. Maybe they're going to pull a despicable me and they're going to try to steal the moon. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> that been cute. So it turns out that the moon is fake and what's his butt goes to the moon and goes like inside of the moon And he's having a conversation with the moon. And it turns out the moon is like artificial intelligence. Please do not disrespect. It's an AI alien fucking stupid movie. And at the end, I was so pissed. And I forgot I was mad about it until you brought it up. And I was like, yeah, it's a terrible fucking movie. So you didn't even make it to the end and you thought it was Mm-mm. terrible. No. Imagine imagine how much my butthole puckered when I did make it to the end of that movie and found out and that it was AI. fucking robots the whole time. <laughs> like, if you want to make a Transformer movie, just make a Transformer movie. Honestly, I mean, the newest Transformer movie sounds like just as much hot garbage as Moonfall was. <laughs> Listen, I jumped out of the Transformer game as soon as Shia LaBeouf was no longer embedded in that situation. So you can skip Moonfall. That's fine. <laughs> if there's anything remotely related to Moonfall and you're going to suggest it to us for us to watch on this podcast, don't. I will find a way to block you from all of our content for the rest of eternity because that movie is hot garbage and if you like it you simply don't deserve to be listening to this podcast let's talk about the good movie that we're here to talk about barbarian okay you mean barbarian barbarian the horror mystery thriller movie oh the horror 
the mystery. Described on Wikipedia as a young woman discovers the rental home she booked is already occupied by a stranger. Against her better judgment, she decides to spend the night, but soon discovers there is a lot more to fear than just an unexpected house guest. That movie? Just the tip of the iceberg. I also <laughs> really like your flight attendant voice. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this one's got uh, Bill Skarsgård. Love him. What you... What do you know him best from? Uh, Pennywise. Yep. Although I do know him from that, obviously, I wasn't super huge on the OG It movies. So I actually know Mr. Bill from his Netflix series that he did called Hemlock Grove, uh, which was a very fun show that I don't know if I ever even finished, but also has one of my favorite werewolf transformation situations mm. in cinema that I've ever seen. I really need to correct you on something, though, because you what? said the OG it. Bill Skarsgård is not the OG. I know. I know Bill's not the OG. I know he's the, in the remake. The OG Pennywise is Tim fucking curry yes it is <laughs> our king and savior uh-huh yeah bill skarsgård also justin long who i saw in disneyland when i went for my eighth grade field trip oh my god a celebrity yeah on pirates of the caribbean he was on pirates he was on did a date with scared? someone did and you i remember want... that there's the drop in the first five minutes of that <laughs> There's no belt. There's no handle. He did. He was on a date with some blonde actress, and I really want to say it was Kirsten Dunst, but I also really think I'm wrong with that. Yeah, I. I don't want to put him on. Blonde actress is really narrowing it down. In 2008, like when everyone was blonde. Oh lord. (laughs) So it could have been me. Yeah. Just kidding. I don't think I've ever been blonde. This is also starring Georgina Campbell. Do you recognize Georgina Campbell from anything? Not off the top of my head, no. Love her, though, honestly. I feel like this was her first major movie that wasn't like a B or C film. And Mm -hmm. she was great. She killed it. This was also Zach Kreger's solo screenwriting and directorial debut, which is very good for a debut this film is amazing. It was eventually picked up by 20th Century, which is owned by Disney. When Kreger was writing this script, he said that he was inspired by the book The Gift of Fear, which I have never read because it's a self-help book from the 90s. Ooh, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But I guess it's about like trusting the biological gift that is our gut instinct And he was specifically inspired by one section of this book that was encouraging women to trust their intuition and to not ignore any red flags that come up like in their day-to-day interactions with men. And I was like, that's good. It's a little ahead of its time for the 90s. So using that inspiration, Kreger said that he just started writing and he didn't want to have a plan with his writing because he said if he was surprising himself... And he was definitely going to be surprising the audience. Mm-hmm. And he was quoted in some article saying, as long as I have no plan, then no one can know what's coming. And he That's, is uh, unpredictable and wild as fuck. So it's on point. Can I just say that has literally been the U.S. Army's strategy the whole time. 
literally the, the whole time making it up as you go <laughs> yeah like the less we know the less everyone else is gonna know that's not just the army that's the entire united states government it goes all the way to the fucking top everything's a cover-up <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's a different podcast <laughs> Anyway, can I talk about the setting of this movie? Because there's some bits and pieces that we need to know about before we start talking about the movie. And if you skip this part, your white guilt is showing. <laughs> That's all I have to say. All, as, as two white girls with a podcast, um, let's, let's just put it on display for everyone. Yeah. So this movie takes place in Brightmore. It was not filmed there i don't believe i think it was filmed in like bulgaria or like hungary or something but brightmore is a very legitimate place in detroit and it has been extremely depopulated since 1970 it went from like 26,000 residents to less than 10,000 mm. so majorly majorly depopulated and during that time, it also shifted from being all white to 83% black. Longtime and new residents have witnessed and been victims of really extreme acts of violence in their neighborhood. And the residents really have been notorious for kind of turning to like vigilante ways to protect themselves. So this neighborhood does not have a great reputation, which is going to make sense once we start getting into this movie a little bit. Um, and we'll talk about it more. So there was a really big like gentrification push in 2006 in Brightmore because real estate was really cheap. So newcomers were coming to Brightmore and they were buying foreclosed homes for as little as $500. No. Not $500,000. No. $500. Dollars for homes. I'm dying yeah. in California mortgage right now. Yeah. So Can't, they were. Whoa. I know it's a lot. So <laughs> white people were obviously taking advantage of this, which is also seen in the movie by Justin Long, which we will talk about. Buster is meowing through my entire soapbox. <laughs> for a good reason. He's on to mm -hmm. something. They were also people that were moving in, aka a lot of white people. They were even like taking over vacant lots or completely tearing down houses and planting like gardens and farms and like little co-op areas on these vacant lots, which some people think is great because a lot of white people will say that the purpose is to increase community and to, you know, bring fresh food to food deserts. But you're also tearing down a home in this area that people were pushed out of because of gentrification and gentrifying the land even further. So not great. Yeah, that's like saying I'd rather work on a vegetable garden with my white neighbor instead of, you know, allowing somebody the economic support to be able yes. to afford and upkeep yes. their own home. Yes. Yes. During this time in 2006, the people, majority white people that were moving into Brightmore were trying to really like bring it up into their like white middle class lifestyle. They even organized a farmer's market near like the drug dealing spot in Brightmore. <laughs> and there is pictures of 
white people sunbathing in front of an abandoned school in Brightmore. Yikes. Yeah. So all of this is not just pulled out of my ass. Um, this was all of this information about Brightmore specifically comes from a Harvard postdoctoral fellow who's doing uh, research on, she works for like the housing research center in Harvard. And she did this whole ethnographic study. Her name is Sharon Cornelison. And if you're interested, just look up Brightmore Harvard ethnographic <laughs> and that'll do it. Major, major, major underlying themes in this movie that you could probably pick up on if you didn't know the background of it. But it's honestly doing this movie a disservice if you don't look into it, because then you're missing a lot of these little like micro aggression type things that come up, both related to the neighborhood, but related to Tess, the main character, because she is a woman of color. So it's all there. All the themes are there. Gentrification sucks. Every neighborhood does not need a Whole Foods. Every neighborhood does not need a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. It's yeah, or be okay. to drive up the price on the housing markets. No, you don't need a drive-through Chick-fil-A on every corner. Like people need affordable housing. We don't housing. need Chick-fil-A. Period. We cool with Popeyes, baby. People need affordable housing more than they need your farmers market, and like, don't sunbathe in front of closed, abandoned schools. What? Okay, now that I'm off that soapbox, would you like to talk about your smoke and then I can talk about my snack? Okay, yeah. So for the Smoky Smokes, um, I had to hit the sativa because I was doing a late night watch. So I needed to make sure that I was going to stay awake and not get too sleepy. So this absolute terror ride is brought to you by Revelry's artisanal small batch speaking of gentrification sorry their artisanal small batch um weed it's actually really affordable which is great you know they're not driving up the price we got a blackberry lemonade strain going on which is actually a cross of berry soda and pink lemonade and then to take it a little extra step further on the lemonade theme we wrapped that up with a endo passion fruit lemonade hemp wrap too so it was a very lemon-esque type of time it was a good vibe super citrusy terps stank up the whole house that was great and revelry actually also sells really cool smell proof and waterproof bags and luggage so like if you're the type of person who's maybe not out and smoking you know like in public or with your family yet and you need to hide stuff away because some people are still holding on to that stigma because it is so ingrained in society um and you need to like stick your burnt weed or your half smoked roach or your pipe or something into a bag and hide it Revelry makes some really cool merch like that. So we'll probably link them in some show notes somewhere. So you can go check out their stuff. I wanted to interrupt you while you were talking, but the things you were saying were just so beautiful. I just didn't understand it. Mm. I'm an idiot. Can you explain what terps, turns, terp, twerps? Terps. Whatever so, that word you said was, can you explain what that means? <laughs> so terps t-e-r-p-s is short for terpenes terpenes is just a natural molecule that makes organic 
things smell or taste the way they do. So like if you have a lemon, the thing that's gonna make it taste like a lemon is limonene and limonene is a terpene. Same thing with oranges, same thing with stuff that smells like pine, rosemary. There are about 150-ish types of terpenes found in cannabis, but I think over 500 types in just like regular plants, foods, things like that, um, that are being studied, especially with the benefits of it. And it's actually becoming the main focus of cannabis because those all those different terpenes have different types of benefits to them and each person's body will react differently to different terpenes. So like for me, I like lemons. They make me stony. They make me happy. <laughs> but for somebody else, um, that might not necessarily be their vibe and it might not work for them. It might make them feel a different type of way. But that's not only available in cannabis. It's just, it's available in fruit, shit outside. That's really make, cool. It's, it's what make pine trees smell like pine trees. That's cool. I thought Baskin Robbins had it on lock because they've got 31 flavors <laughs> <laughs> but this mother nature hoe is rolling in that she going, shit she going crazy <laughs> yeah so people who grow cannabis will usually take whatever flavors that they like the best and try and mix them match them mm -hmm. straight gmo this shit into um whatever flavors they like the best which is how you can get stuff that tastes like a blueberry freaking muffin well, definitely keep us updated as we're talking about the movie with how your weed made you feel during this movie. It's just scared. <laughs> scared. Just scared. I had a really great snack for this movie. If you listened to the last episode, which if you didn't, you're a fake friend. But if you did, you probably heard my public declaration that I was fucking done. I was done matching my snack to the movie. There is no theme. There is going to be no rhyme or reason. And that's all. So with that being said, I chose the easiest snack I possibly fucking could. <laughs> I had oil and vinegar bread dip. Yum. Who doesn't love so... just eating a loaf of bread, though, honestly? Oh, my God. It was so good. So if you have not had oil and vinegar bread dip, guess what? The main ingredients are oil and vinegar, which if you're feeling basic, you can't just do equal parts oil, equal parts vinegar, and a little bit of salt, and that's it, and dip some French bread in it, and you're done. But if you want to be extra, which I felt like being extra, I added a bread, garlic. Bro. <laughs> right? I added garlic, Italian seasoning. Uh, you can add red pepper flakes. I did not because it's spicy. <laughs> I didn't want spicy. <laughs> I also got some fancy Asiago and Parmesan cheese from the nice cheese section at your local Safeway. And I shredded that shit up in there. And it was so fucking good. It was so good. I cut the recipe in half because I knew I would have eaten the whole thing and an entire loaf of bread with it if I did not chill. But man, it's just so fucking good. And it makes you feel classy even when you're eating it out of a plastic bowl on your couch like a rat. <laughs> like a rat. <laughs> it was really good. Like talking about it right now, my mouth is watering and I think I think I'm going to make some tonight to have again. That was mine. Do you remember like circa 2006, like either before or after Atkins was really popular when that's like when we'd get together 
with our family friends mm-hmm. that would be the only thing that we'd have to yeah. eat is just bread dip forever and they would never let us eat it they would let us have like a couple pieces but the adults were always like no get away from the bread dip so now that i'm an adult and i can buy my own bread and bread dip (laughs) i get it because i wouldn't want a little fucking kid taking all of my good bread dip either (laughs) get away from my loaf back off of my french bread so yeah i will post the full recipe in the show notes but just know that i cut everything in half and it was like the perfect amount and i only needed like i don't know a quarter of a loaf of french bread instead of like a whole massive <laughs> piece of bread it was good but keep your tums nearby for the evening because it will give you heartburn are we ready to begin with this absolutely horrifying movie yes i am and i just want to say I love the way this was filmed, the different angles used. We did a lot of like, uh, you know, still shots of like looking at one specific piece with stuff happening in the background that's mildly blurry to changing focus. We did that on a lot of different situations throughout, which was cool and I liked. And um, I really noticed that, you know, the theme of this movie though, like the whole barbarian title is like kind of misleading because I feel like at different points in the movie, every single character um, has a point where they're like villainized and they're scary, they're the barbarian, and then it turns around and all of a sudden they're the victim of something that is happening Mm -hmm. and it just kind of switches back and forth between what the character's doing how you perceive them how they're perceiving themselves and the people around them and how it's changing based on you know whose narrative we're looking at at different points in the movie and it's it's cool man like a lot of thought went into this shit and it's fucking it's a good one damn it and it scared the pants off of me it's so good so let's talk about it okay (laughs) movie opens overlooking a pretty normal looking house during like a pretty spooky thunderstorm at night and someone pulls up in the car and it sounds like a bunch of creepy like spooky voices are all moaning and groaning and being weird all Mm -hmm. at once and then it all stops once the camera pans inside the car where our main girl tess is And Tess is verifying the address and, like, the security code of her Airbnb. And she's ignoring calls from someone named Marcus, who is, like, probably her shitty ex-boyfriend. Definitely. Even though she, like, double, triple, quadruple checked the code for the lockbox with the key in it, it is not working at all. So she cannot get into the house. The code is 8831. And finally, she tries 8331. And that's the one that works. Lockbox pops open, womp, womp, womp. There's no key inside. (laughs) So she's rattling the doorknob. She's looking through the window. She's trying to figure out how to get into this house. She calls the host, which is a property management company. And this is why my anxiety will never allow me to stay at an Airbnb, because that all is my nightmare. (laughs) You know, I was going to ask you if you've ever stayed at an Airbnb before, and if you think you're more or less inclined to after this movie. I never have, and I am far less inclined to after this movie, unless I'm in, like, a group of people, you know? Which we're doing for my birthday anyway. Yeah, so so I have to get get used to it. these fears out of here. (laughs) Exactly. 
Tess is looking around the neighborhood and there are zero other lights on at any of the houses. Not an inside lamp, not a porch light, not even a street light. It's dark as fuck. She's smart, gets back in her car to wait, but then she sees someone moving around and turning lights on inside of the house that she's supposed to be renting. So she is like, excuse me, what the fuck? Blasting the doorbell, looking in the windows again, sees a dude. It's Bill Skarsgård. Yay. Bill Skarsgård is Keith. Keith comes to the door and he's like, what, bitch? What do you want? <laughs> and they get into this like, who are you? What are you doing here? I'm supposed to be renting this house back and forth. Basically, they both booked the house, but on two completely different vacation rental platforms. Just a classic, silly, goofy little mix em up. Keith invites her in and she surprisingly enters the house with a random strange man to call the rental companies. First red flag ignored. She asks Keith to use the bathroom and tells him to pull up his confirmation email so she can look at it. And he says, what, you think I'm some kind of weirdo who's broken in here to sleep? And honestly, Keith, yeah, that's a very yeah. good possibility. <laughs> Turns out his confirmation email is the exact same, just from a different rental company like they discussed. So it's super awkward because they both obviously have a right to be there, but Keith just got there first. So Tess is going to leave to find somewhere else to stay, but Keith feels really bad and he's asking what she's going to do. He's like, it's not a good idea for you to sit in your car and call hotels because he was like, I don't know if you noticed when you came in, but the neighborhood is not safe. She did not notice because it was pitch black and raining outside. <laughs> and Keith tells her to stay inside while she's calling and Googling just so she's not like swept away by the rain or a crazy person outside which it's gonna happen inside the house <laughs> i mean uh, fair it's like choosing the lesser of two evils at this point again stay in a house with a random though you don't know or you're gonna be outside with the rest of the random neighborhood i think my self-preservation is too high because i would just get in my car and leave i know I'd be i gone. feel the same way car is the safe space get in the car drive drive away drive off. Yep. yep. <laughs> so she's chilling inside. Keith offers her tea, wine, and nuts for some reason. <laughs> she declines. She's obviously just trying to do her thing. And Keith says, I'm going to have some tea. I'll make you a cup anyways. Um, which is a really good lesson in consent, my friends. <laughs> this movie, trigger warning, has really strong themes of uh, sexual assault and I don't know if their short discussion about tea is a nod to the tea lesson in consent, but I like to think that it is. Do you know about the tea lesson in consent? I don't. It's pretty great. I'll link it in the show notes. It's just a short two-minute video about how consent is like tea. And if you say, if I say, hey, Caitlin, would you like a cup of tea? And you no. say no, I can't say, well, here's the tea anyways. <laughs> You're taking the tea anyways. That's, not I mean, that's fair. You know what I think is funny too is like sh he keeps offering and offering all these different situations, beverages, uh, uh, potential amenities, ways to figure it out. And her thing is no, 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 no. In such a self-preservation mode, not even like, yes, it would be nice to have a glass of wine while I figure out where I'm going to stay tonight. But she is like on full alert she's saying no to everything and even if she does want something she's still saying no to try and like take up the least amount of space i guess would mm -hmm. be able to say and be like the least amount imposing so i just thought that was kind of funny 
While Tess is making calls, Keith is like, oh, I just remembered. There's a convention in town. You're going to have a hard time finding a room. So you should just stay here with me. With him. That's a very reason, spooky IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, she believes him about the convention with no Googling. Me, personally, I would have Googled it because it's very easy to Google, like, today's date. Detroit convention search. Not that hard. But She's spoiler like, alert for it. Bill Skarsgård is not the bad guy in this. So they're painting it to seem like he is, and it's Bill Skarsgård. So we think Pennywise is going to fuck her shit up on site, but he is not <laughs> the villain in this movie. Well, I mean, and you don't know. And again, it's that whole thing like, is he the barbarian? Like, the notes on this movie, if you're going in first time, is she accidentally booked the same Airbnb slash whatever, whatever as this dude and what's going to happen. So it's really hard to make the call. Like, is he a normal? Is he like the, is he the villain of the movie? It's hard to tell. She's trying to figure it out. So was I. Keith offers Tess the bedroom and says he will take the couch because he is a gentleman. But she says she has a thing about clean sheets, so they wash the sheets together and settle in to share a very strange night with one another. Mm -hmm. And as she is unpacking in the room, which I've never understood this because I'm not an unpacker, not mm -hmm. even if I'm staying for a week, I will not unpack. But as she's unpacking, she sees his wallet in there. She opens it, smart, checks his ID, name is indeed Keith, she also takes a picture of his ID. Smart. Smart. <laughs> Although I would have sent it to someone in case he kills me. Yep. That's just the survivalist and uh -huh. paranoid women. That's my self-preservation. Yep. <laughs> After she is coming out of the bathroom, he's sitting at the table with the bottle of wine and two glasses, just like very awkwardly waiting for her. And he's stammering on about how he's not tired, wants a glass of wine, but he wanted to wait until she got out of the shower to open it because he didn't want her to think that he's trying to drug her, basically, because he mm -hmm. was like, I saw you didn't drink your tea. All of that rambling, and she's still like, no, I don't want any wine. <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, no, he did a really good job being awkward as hell in that moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which did kind of make me think, like, wow, he's being so incredibly awkward. Like, I don't think he planned this because he would be a lot more, like, smooth and, like, suave, you know? Yeah. If, if it was a setup, he would yeah. think he'd be smooth. But um, he was not, which, mm -mm. I don't know, it was just fun to watch. Yeah. For some reason, she sits down to talk with him anyways while waiting for the sheets to be done. Mm -hmm. I would have gone in the other room on my phone and, like, watched Netflix and ignored him. <laughs> but I think she's trying to be polite. And we learn that Tess is in town to interview for a research position with a documentary filmmaker, Catherine James. And as her and Keith are talking about what the documentary will be, which is all about Detroit's artistic community... Keith tells her she should interview him for that documentary because he is one of the founders of some artistic group called the Lion Tamers. And he said he's staying on that side of town looking for a new place for their group to expand. Which, when we're thinking about gentrification, that checks out. It checks out. And plus, now they have something in common now. 
Yeah, so the conversation seems to take off a lot easier because the laundry eventually has been done what seems like for a while. And they're still just chatting away, plugging away at that little bottle of wine. Tess is opening up about her struggles with that dude, Marcus, whose calls she was ignoring. And they're kind of talking about the differences of men versus women. Tess says that if Keith had showed up second, for example... She would have never let him in. But if she did, he wouldn't even have to think twice about staying there. He could just waltz right on in the house and not have anything to worry about. She's not wrong. She's she's very much not wrong. She's very correct. Eventually, they are putting the sheets on the bed together, putting the duvet cover back on. And he puts his duvet cover on the exact same way I put my duvet cover on. You guys are animals then. It's the easiest way. I mean, I don't look like as big of an idiot as he did when he does it. But you just like put it inside out over your body and you just like whip the corners over the cover and then that's it. No. No, she said she has a thing about clean sheets. And what does he do? Get wine drunk and throw an entire <laughs> duvet cover over his entire body. My guy. And like, that's very true. He's being like a little wine drunk and silly and funny. And she's like laughing and getting it. And me being a similar germaphobe, I'm just like, you're stop, stop touching it. You're doing you're, it wrong. You're doing you're, it. You're, you're not helping. You're negating the wash of the sheets. <laughs> She's, but he, he does, they, they end up getting it together. They, yeah. they put it all together. And she's enjoying it too. They they go back to like being awkward again and they're exchanging mm-hmm. pleasantries just about having a nice evening. They finally say goodnight to each other, whatever. Tess wakes up, middle of the night. I'm instantly terrified because the door is creaking open. Mm-hmm. And then there is a very loud, very distinct screeching noise. And at that same time, my cat Buster, who we have all heard meowing loudly (laughs) throughout the intro of this podcast, uh, Buster randomly knocked something off the table in the other room and it scared the fuck out of me. And I was too afraid to walk down there and see what was going on. So I just closed the door. (laughs) You're like, good luck, Buster. Bye, Buster. I hope you don't die. He will never die. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's dark. It's spooky. She hears, like, whimpering and yelping for some reason. And again, I'm not investigating. I'm grabbing my keys, my phone. I'm not even putting on a bra, and I am leaving. I'm gone. (laughs) She ain't having time for a bra or nothing, Jesus. (laughs) I noticed on this rewatch, I kept pausing the movie at different points because I was scared. And this was the first time I paused it. Like, she wasn't even out of her room to go investigate And I paused it. I was like, nope, mm -mm, uh, nope, I know it's coming. No. (laughs) Tess walks out. Keith is just having a nightmare and she tries waking him, but he like, ah, screams awake and is immediately like, what the fuck is going on? What are you doing? You scared me. He said he didn't open her door. So she locks it and obviously checks that it is locked and she rolls over to go to sleep. And the way that the camera like kind of panned back and up a little bit so we could see her whole body and the whole bed, I really thought there was going to be something, someone in that room, but it just cut to the morning time. Keith left her a note that he took off already and he tells her to leave the key in the lockbox and that he'll see her in the evening. Respectful roommate points for Keith. And he also wrote, had a great night last night. And I was like, okay, maybe he's not a serial killer. Dump that kid Marcus already. 
She walks outside in the daylight, and we finally get to see the neighborhood. And it is straight up abandoned. (laughs) Graffiti all over every house. Windows broken out. Old, rusted out beater cars. This neighborhood has everything. And it's like that on the entire street. Like, it's not just one or two houses. It's the whole fucking street. She's driving for a while, and the whole neighborhood is like that. The, the neighborhood looks ransacked. Yeah, it's it's rough. Tess eventually makes it downtown for her interview with Catherine, which seemed like it went well. Catherine asked Tess where she is staying, which, like we talked about, is Brightmore. And Catherine immediately is like, uh, what the fuck? No, you shouldn't be there. An Airbnb in Brightmore? Like, no, uh uh. Catherine is genuinely concerned that Tess is staying there and is like, just be careful staying there. Yeah, she's straight shooketh. And part of me is wondering, like, has she heard about people going missing and like creepy things happening in Brightmore? Or is she just a white lady who sees this scary depopulated neighborhood that is primarily black now? And she's like, nobody should ever go there. And Tessa's yeah. just like, I don't even have I don't even have my own Airbnb lady. Like I can't change it. Yeah. Yeah. Tess is back, getting out of her car at the Brightmore house. And someone is like deadpan sprinting toward her down the street saying, hey, hey, little girl. And Tess is like, ah, fuck. She's rushing to get into the house, barely makes it inside and locks the door. But he's yelling like, get get out of there. Come out of that house. Come out of there. She does not. So terrifying, man. Absolutely not. Have you seen people do those Michael Myers challenges where they will like try and like sprint to their house and unlock the door and get inside and close it and lock it in time? That's what she was doing. Uh Uh-huh. And she did it. She did it successfully. And she is finally wised up to my personal get the fuck out policy. And she's packing up her things very quickly to leave while calling 911. Mm -hmm. But of course, there's no available units. Is there no available units because Detroit is a city with a lot of crime? Or are there no available units because they don't want to send them to Brightmore when they need to be available for the Whole Foods in the Mm. area? What a bunch of good questions we're Mm. asking ourselves, which we already know the answers to. Tess manages to calm down a little bit and she's looking all over the house for toilet paper so she can use the bathroom, which I get because I too need to shit after I have an anxiety meltdown. (laughs) She finds the toilet paper in the basement right as she's walking up the stairs. The door to the basement closes, of course, because it's probably a drafty house and it locks her in and her phone is in the bedroom and the key to the house is in her pocket. So Keith won't be able to get in. Excellent. All amazing. Super pleased with the outcome of these scenarios. Yeah. And, you know, this little montage that they do where they show her getting stuck in there really takes cool visual steps to show that her phone is on the counter. Mm-hmm. the lockbox on the front of the house where the key's supposed to be is empty and she's like oh shit and like goes to pull the key out and it kind of does a really good job of answering your basic questions that you normally have during a scary movie this like this of like bitch why don't you have your phone like why didn't you run why didn't you do this like you know the things that you scream at the tv when you're high and watching a horror movie they do a good job visually answering like 
boom, boom, boom. Here's the facts. Here's the way it's going. And she's just like, oh, shit. So really appreciate that. And I think that's why it's so terrifying because Mm -hmm. typically when humans are watching scary movies, at least when I'm watching a scary movie, I'm like, where's your phone? Do you have your phone? Do you have the flashlight on your phone? Do you have a key in your pocket? What do you have to break stuff with? Mm -hmm. But in two seconds, they show you she didn't have her phone. She's got the key. The door is locked. She's fucked. So your focus is off of those questions and it's on how fucked she is in this situation. Oh, straight up. Tess is looking around for anything to help her get out. And she finds a rope coming out of the wall. And she pulls it for some reason. Red flag. Why, why'd you pull the rope? Why'd you pull the rope? Why'd you pull the rope? Remember Malignant when you were like, secret tunnel. Mm-hmm. Again, secret tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It opens up a whole door. I really thought she was going to go in there immediately into the creepy dark basement tunnel. But she really, the camera like zooms in on her and she goes, nope, and goes back to sit on the stairs. Green flag. (laughs) Good job. But then in the next scene, she goes in anyways. She grabs a mirror and uses it to reflect the basement light into the tunnel. And I paused it here again because I was scared. And she starts making her way into the very dark tunnel with no light. So terrifying. I don't even want to talk about it because it's so scary. There's another (laughs) door down there. So she opens it and turns on the light. And inside is a truly disgusting bed from every horror movie. And a video camera pointed at the bed. On tripod. A bucket for pottying. And a bloody handprint on the wall. (laughs) And you're just like, what in the absolute Saw film is happening? It's like truly making me sick to my stomach. Like talking about it and thinking about it. Because it's If you think about Bucket? No, the whole thing. Secret underground tunnel. Mm -hmm. Hidden door. Pull the rope into the tunnel. And then a room with a tripod. No. No. Mm-mm. I just gotta say, the thing that I wanted most in this moment was a map of this house and a map of this little tunnel situation, because I was trying to think like spatially the way this little design brain does. And I'm like, she's going under the street. She's technically over here. This angle is over this way. And I just, yeah. I want... You know how you put a map at the front of the book, like The Hobbit or something? I want a map for the movie. That's really interesting. You know what I wanted? I wanted her to get the fuck out and get in her car and leave. (laughs) I didn't... I wanted the movie to end here, and it was an unfortunate missed connection with Keith. They'll find each other in three to five years. They'll get married, have some kids, buy some shit, and then retire to Florida. That is all I wanted from this movie. That is not what we were delivered. I wanted a treasure map of this weird dungeon. Anyways, keep anyway, going. It's horrible. Keep going. No, I don't want to. You have Luckily, to. Luckily, she leaves the hallway. She's freaked the fuck out. And she hears Keith on the porch. Yay, mm-hmm. Keith. She manages to get his attention, and he gets her out of the basement Tess is frantically telling him that they need to leave because of the creepy tunnel and room she found. And Keith feels the need to investigate. 
uh, just a random thought I had watching this. She immediately tells Keith about the tunnel in the room. Yeah, because she's freaking out. But how did she know that Keith didn't set all of that up? And I thought that was going to be the plot twist. He was going to be like, let me go down and investigate. And then boom, handcuffs. Gotcha, bitch. You're on the creepy little bed now. You would have think that he would have tried that shit last night, though. Long con. He's doing a long con. (laughs) Okay, it's a stretch. But also, Zach Kreger specifically wrote this movie for people to be confused and not know what is going on. And that is the predictable thing, is that Keith is setting it up. Keith is the barbarian. This is his creepy room. He's going to handcuff her, and then she's down there. So, of course, that's not what happens. No. Keith somehow convinced her to wait while he went to investigate. Again, me, I would have been gone as fuck, but we know that about me. Keith is immediately not answering Tess as she's calling out to him. So she props the door open, smart, and goes back down the tunnel to see where the fuck he went. He is not in the room with the dirty-ass bed. And it is at this moment when Tess uh, finds another secret door Mm. in the tunnel, and there are stairs going down. And these stairs going down look like they're made of really old wood. And the sides of the walls are very cavern slash cave-esque, where it looks like it's carved into the bedrock. So, like, it's not even as structurally sound as Bucket Tripod Room or as the hidden little hallway first. So, it is a deeper, scary tunnel. Scary. (laughs) (laughs) Tess can hear Keith yelling out for help. So she goes down the fucking stairs for some reason I will never understand. If you are anyone that I love, Caitlin, you included. If you get, I'll actually, Caitlin, I'll just speak to you directly in this moment. If you find yourself in this situation, I am so sorry, (laughs) but that is goodbye. You are dead. I love you. And I have loved this life with you but I am leaving you. And if I'm down there, wow. you have permission to leave me. I'm not going there. to because I want to know where the tunnel goes and I want to make a mental map. That's just what I want to do. Wow. Yet another moment in which your attention disorder is going to get us both killed. <laughs> Listen, it's fine. You're. How about this? You're welcome, bitch. <laughs> I was about to say I would consider going after Donnie, but I'm too scared. I can't. I'm a scaredy cat. She's like, people get remarried all the time. I'll figure it out. I won't get remarried. Your memory <laughs> will live on forever. It. I will live forever with the knowledge that I left you behind, and you can haunt me for as long as you want. I am not going down there for anyone. <laughs> Check in with me when I have kids and maybe I'll feel differently, but I still think I'd leave those little fuckers down there. If you got yourself in that situation, you get yourself out. You figure it out. (laughs) It's what you get for not listening. You get for not holding on to my hand. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, um, I paused it again here because I was Can I just ask, what are you doing during these pauses? Are you just like attempting to regulate breathing, reminding yourself this is a movie? Like why so many frequent pauses? I was just going on Instagram. 
You're just like, I just need a mental break from this I was, tunnel. I was trying I need to look to... at a reel of like a puppy and a duck being friends real quick. Not even just Instagram. I was trying to like justify like, oh yeah, I need to pause it and go look on my Amazon list for this one thing. And I made it seem like I was doing a task no. to get away from the movie, but I wasn't doing anything. I did buy a lot of things I didn't need on Amazon <laughs> while this movie was paused. Was that how you were coping with your And that was my online shop. <laughs> that was my coping skill. Did you get anything cool? <laughs> I mean, I have a hammock coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you're pausing this movie to buy a hammock that is now lost, probably in a tunnel, to get to your house. And I know you weren't paying attention to where you were buying it from or looking at the shipping because you're just like, the fucking tunnel. <laughs> okay. All right. Tess, anyway, running down these stairs. She's going down. down. She's she looking, looking for, for Keith. Keith. But once again, how can how can she know that Keith is not trying to trap her further down there? It's that intuition. Yeah. Tess is going down a literal tunnel. Rock walls. Looks damp. Bet it smells like shit. Mm -hmm. There's also um, a gate ugh, down there and mm -hmm. fucking cages with dog bowls in them. Yep. And I want to know how Keith got all the way the fuck down this long ass tunnel because literally this has been 15 seconds since he went down there. I'm really stretching it out because I'm scared, but it's been 15 to 30 seconds and he is way yeah. the fuck in the tunnel. And he's like at least 25 to 40 feet down. Oh, way further than that. The only light that Tess has is from her phone because, again, she was up with Keith and then she managed to grab her phone, yeah. whatever. She's got the phone flashlight, dark-ass tunnel. The suspense that is building in this scene is so haunting and terrifying. It's going to send me into an anxiety attack right now, even though I've already seen it. Keith crawled towards her, appears from the darkness, this is when I screamed, oh, fucking shit, and scared my dogs. And I could feel my heart beating through my throat, and I paused it again. <laughs> You've seen this movie before, though, haven't I've you? I've seen this movie, and I love scary movies. But this one, I don't, and I watched it in the middle of the day. It was a bright summer day outside. Oh, my gosh. It scared the fuck out of me. <sighs> I'm going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> Tess is asking him, why the fuck are you down here? They're both like freaked out. Why are you crawling at <laughs> He was like, someone else is down here. Someone bit me. <laughs> they start frantically arguing about which way to go. Tess, rightfully so, wants to go from whence she came because mm -hmm. that's the way out. But mm -hmm. Keith says that's the way, quote unquote, they went. He's trying to pull her the other way further into the tunnel. And I was like, I was like, this motherfucker's playing. He's trying to trap her into some shit. He's a really good actor. No. Someone appears from the darkness and is smashing Keith's head over and over and over again on the tunnel wall. It is some naked, long titty chick with really messed up teeth, scary looking, stringy hair. Keith got so killed. He got extra killed. He's like, I'm freaking out. I got bit. Let's go. And he's like trying to go back the way he came. And she's like, no, 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 that ain't it. That ain't it. And so they're just like back and forth really quick. Like, 
Where do we go? We got to get out of here. And then out of nowhere, boom, 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 titty lady yeah. slamming his head repeatedly into this bedrock style wall. Blood everywhere. Hella dead. He's just hella dead. Keith dead. Keith very Cut dead. Scene. Cut scene. We're in fucking Los Angeles now for some reason with Justin Long. We love Justin Long, but Justin we hate. Long. We hate Justin Long's character, AJ. We do. Um, Justin Long in a red convertible, like obviously on Highway One, big chilling, whipping, like listening his weird best song. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, he is driving along the coast in his fun red convertible, just vibing, and he takes a phone call. And some people on the other end tell him that a woman named Megan has filed a complaint with his network and has made some very serious accusations against him. She said that he was sexually aggressive with her while filming a pilot for something and that she does not want to keep filming if he's involved. And they said that the most likely outcome from all of this is that he'll be fired from the show. He is pissed and is saying it's blown out of proportion but it's all too late because her story is going to go live in the Hollywood Reporter tomorrow. Finally, they told him very clearly it's a bad situation because she is saying that AJ raped her. He's pissed. He immediately goes to see his wealth manager and basically wants to know how much money he'll have left over after all of the court cases are over. He will basically have no money in three months' time but largely due to his mortgage in L.A. They did bring up that he has properties in Michigan, but he can't sell them because, like, they're not going to sell for very much. But He could live there, but obviously that doesn't end up happening. <laughs> and his wealth manager also uh, fires him because he is not wealthy anymore. So <laughs> things are not <laughs> and, good and for AJ. I want to be associated with him. Yeah, yeah, not a good look. AJ does ultimately fly out to Detroit and is talking with his lawyer on the phone. He's hoping that if he can call the woman making the accusations against him and talk to her, it'll all go away. But his lawyer's like, mm, I think the fuck not, you trick-ass bitch. <laughs> his lawyer also tells him that he should not have left the state because it looks suspicious. And he's when like, if this develops... Like, you need to be here if you're going to get arrested, basically. Yeah. You don't want to like, have to be I'm like, doing business with my properties. I'm just living my whole life. I'm so, a business boy. <laughs> uh, I'm a boss boy instead of a boss bitch. I'm a boss boy. So, of course, one of his properties is the Airbnb barbarian creepy house with the tunnel. And when he pulls up to the house, we can see that Tess's car is still there. And, Major you know, side. at this point in time, like, this whole following of Justin through these, sorry, AJ through these next scenes, we're just seeing things the way that they were left in the house. Mm -hmm. We have no idea what's going on with Tess. And we don't know how long it's been. That, too. No mm -hmm. idea. So AJ sees the chair propping the basement door open. He sees all of their stuff around. He calls the property management lady and she says that no one has rented it for a few weeks. Weeks? So it's been weeks Yikes. since they've been there. AJ is arguing with the property management lady about the timeline of the house after the tenants leave and she ends up hanging up on him. Rightfully so, because he was being a dick. Yeah. 
Later that night, AJ goes out with a friend who tells AJ, like, dude, be real with me. What happened with this woman who's making these accusations? And AJ tells his friend that he didn't rape her, but then he proceeds to describe literal rape. She said no, and that is rape. Goodbye, you're a sack of shit. When AJ gets home that night, his dumbass, of course, drunk calls Megan, the woman that he raped, and he throws out this really half-assed non-apology, throws some gaslighting in there, whatever. Mm-hmm. He sucks. I really hope that he dies. Yeah. The next morning, he has a very well-deserved hangover, and he is back to being weirded out about people's stuff in his house, so he starts going through their shit. He finds Tess's laptop and car keys and remembers the basement door was propped open. He yells down in the basement. Of course, no one answers. So he gets dressed, grabs a steak knife, and heads down there to, in his words, fuck someone up. (laughs) He also discovers the rope sticking out of the wall. And ta-da, the creepy tunnel is back. Yeah, and the door is closed at this point, too. The door has been reclosed by someone or something. Mm -hmm. He's got a flashlight, and he is feeling brave, apparently, so he heads inside, and he sees the creepy room with the bed, and he's just like, huh, look at that. It cuts to him back upstairs, Googling if underground rooms can be listed in square footage when selling. (laughs) Oh, the privilege of a white man. Oh, the (laughs) caucasity. Basically, which I learned, it cannot be counted as official square footage, but it can be listed in the home's total living area. So he says, oh, hell yeah, bitch, and heads back down there with the tape measure. He doesn't give a single fuck. He does not give a single fuck that he is in a creepy dungeon murder room. He is just trying to get that extra living space. Maybe put a pool table down there. When He's like, I'm trying to sell my properties to get money. I need to get the most amount of money. Yeah. Idiot. Priorities are out of whack. And he ends up running into the other secret door with the stairs, and he's like, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, gold mine. So he's just, like, hooking the end of the tape measure around things and just walking backwards into the fucking tunnel abyss. He sees a light on in another room down in the tunnel, and he's calling out, hello? Hello? Not at all afraid of dying. Like, there could be a murderer down there. not even a little bit scared. In that room is a TV on the ground, playing an old-school video about breastfeeding. Not disgusting, but weird. Weird for sure. (laughs) Weird to be underground and active. And obviously someone is down there because of VCR. For my Gen Z kids that are listening, it can't just play over and over again. It stops at one point. You have to rewind it. And it gets fuzzy because it's the end of the tape. So someone is down there to rewind this and press play on this VCR. He is holding the tape measure and it just very quickly starts extending and pulls whoop right out of his hand. And finally he's scared. Yay. But don't worry. Somebody's down there and pulled the other end of that thing. Oh no. (laughs) Don't worry. He has his flashlight and his steak knife. Thank goodness. So he starts running for some fucking reason, not in the direction that he came from. And He dropped the flashlight, so now the light is, like, cutting in and out and flashing. But in the little moments of light, we see our long titty queen headed straight (laughs) for him. He continues running, 
and runs straight into a pit, like a 10-foot-deep pit. Excellent. Just what this dungeon was missing. Mm. But wait, there's more. There's a grate on top of the pit, and the titty queen closes it on him. Yeah, she did it. Trapped. She caught herself a rapist. Good job. <laughs> there is someone in the pit with him. Drum roll, please. It's Tess. <laughs> it's Tess. She's like, chill the fuck out. Shut the fuck up. The scene cuts to the same house, but back when the neighborhood was like all idyllic looking and shit, probably back in what, like the 60s or the 70s? Uh, yeah, I think in... late 70s. Yeah. And we are following this tall, skinny white dude named Frank through the neighborhood to his grocery store. And he's asking for plastic sheets, diapers, and baby wipes. But he's just very creepily answering the store clerk's questions and says his baby isn't here yet and that they're having a home birth. So the store clerk is like, you don't have a midwife? And he's like, no, just me. So she starts helping him get everything he needs from the baby section, including a VHS tape. Hello. She's like, here, you're going to need this. And like pulls mm -hmm. a VHS tape off mm -hmm. of my bed aisle hanger and just sit in the cart for him she was very helpful 10 out of 10 customers she was just like this is dumb man his yeah. wife is having a baby at home they don't have a midwife it's just his monotone unexcited ass let me try to fucking help you dipshit but i think she was unfortunately aiding a serial killer in collecting unintentionally his, collecting his things that he needs his supplies He's outside. All of a sudden, he is following a young woman home in his car. The way this is shot... In a yellow dress. In a yellow dress. And the way this is shot is very cool and creepy from his perspective. And it made me feel weird. I felt like I was watching her and I was violating her privacy. I didn't like it. <laughs> You're like, I feel uh-oh-y about it. <laughs> Frank follows her to her house. And he puts on a mechanics-looking jumpsuit. And he gains entry into the woman's house by tricking her that he works for like the water company or someone. And he goes into her bathroom and unlocks the window, presumably so he can gain access to it later. He leaves, he goes back home and he's talking with his neighbor and the neighbor is telling Frank that they're moving because the neighborhood is going to hell, quote unquote. <laughs> Which like the neighborhood, the way it's looking in the late seventies is like, cookie cutter as shit like some doctor's yeah. ass shit compared to the way that the neighborhood is neighborhood is looking when Tess is renting this Airbnb is drastically different. Yeah. I bet by going to shit he means that like three black families moved in and that's his idea of it going to shit. <sighs> Just you wait. Yep. Frank does say that he's not going anywhere. Frank goes back inside his house and we can hear a woman screaming from somewhere inside. Yikes. Like, screaming. Uh, loud, yeah. Can't tell if she's in the basement or in the bedroom. She's not in the tunnel because you can very clearly hear her screaming. I don't know how the fucking neighbors can't hear her screaming. Oh, they don't care. They're too polite to call the police. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're like, that. that's their business. <laughs> Back in the pit, AJ is freaking out, and Tess is like, listen, motherfucker, you gotta be calm, you can't get upset, or she gets upset, 
And our creepy long titty queen is back. She's holding like a baby bottle with a ridiculously long nipple on it. It looks for... like it's for cows. Like for yeah, cows. It does. And she's holding it for AJ to drink and he's won't. He's refusing. So Tess does. Tess is like, drink it, you fucking idiot. And Tess finally says, don't you see? She just wants you to be her baby. No. But like. Tess says it in a way that's like where she's not like indoctrinated or anything. She says it in a way of like, this is our key to survival. Like this yeah. is her goal. This is what we're doing to get out. This is like, how I've stayed alive for weeks. Yeah, so. exactly. exactly. <laughs> Long titty queen drops down into the pit and is hugging and stroking Tess saying baby, but she's saying it like baby. Like it's very, you can tell that um, like sloth from the Goonies. Yeah, you can tell she needs some speech support <laughs> there. She's then kind of like babbling in AJ's face, and he is rightfully losing his mind because she is very scary. And the long titty queen drags him away into the breastfeeding video room, and Tess uses this opportunity to escape the pit with AJ's flashlight and steak knife. And yeah, steak knife. Meanwhile, oh, it's so gross. AJ is being forced to breastfeed off of this naked, titty strange lady. titty lady. And there is an incredibly close-up shot, and it is disgusting. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I did not pause it here because I wanted it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> Tess unfortunately trips on the measuring tape from before, so she starts booking it, and she makes it out but the basement door is closed and locked. So she's trying to break out of the basement window. And the dude from earlier that chased her and was yelling at her to get oh, out of the house. Guy. Yeah. He helped her escape right as Hong Tae Queen tried to like grab her feet and pull her back in through the basement window. So she made it out. like a hold your breath type of moment where she's breaking the glass that she wasn't willing to break yeah. back when Keith was alive and she was talking to to Keith through this window and you know she's like screw it I don't give a shit I'm getting out of here I've been in this bitch for weeks yeah breaking the window trying to climb out and you just get this cool aerial shot of our homeless guy person like pulling her out and you're just like who is that thank god what a savior when she was so terrified and running from him before. Mm -hmm. And then you see Titty Lady just stick her hands out of this house, like in the middle of the broad daylight. And you're like, oh, fuck, this is for real. Like, this is not a thing where she is going to exist only in the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Tess made it out. Yay. For some fucking reason, she wants to go back in to help AJ. Again, we don't even know him. He, he Why is she saving these you. boys? Why are we saving these white men? The very I mean, kind... Go back to Marcus at this point. Oh, right, honestly. The very kind um, unhoused individual who helped her get out was like, bitch, you are not going back in there. That is not happening. You are lucky you got away. Now get. Go on. He also says, she isn't the worst thing in there. Meaning, there's something scarier then our long titty queen? Is there a longer Fitness? titty queen? <laughs> a longer titty. Those titties hit her in the knees. She has long titties. And listen, this is not a titty shaming podcast. All titties are beautiful and amazing. As a long titty queen, I can call out a long titty queen when I see one. 
<laughs> straight up like she got some long titties so are we gonna make some stickers or what <laughs> long titty queen so the man that helped her get out his name is andre which we had to google i don't know if it comes up at all so andre said you need to worry about you amen my guy amen finally someone who is matching my levels of self-preservation tess is very adamant on wanting to help aj but andre says that tess needs to get going because our long titty queen comes out at night and is gonna be looking for tess hell fucking no tess needs to get gone meanwhile aj trying to find his way out and he sees a bell attached to a string so for some fucking reason, he follows the string until he gets to a dead end with a door, with the string, while the long titty queen is closing in on him. But as she sees that he's going to go into the door, she backs off. And now that we know that there's something worse in the tunnel, if the long titty queen doesn't want to fuck with what's behind that door, me neither. I'm not going in that door. <laughs> it's so hard to tell, like, or at least for me, because I was high as shit, like, was that bell to see if someone would hit it to alert someone else? Or was it there to alert Titty Queen? I think the bell is there for him to be like, ring, ding, ding. I'd like someone mac and cheese, please. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I realized that, too, after um, we got there, but it just threw me for a minute. And again, yeah. I just wanted a map because this... This bell, the nursing room, and the pit, I believe, are in all, like, three very distinct separate areas where you cannot view one from the other. And I, I just want a map. So, yes, AJ goes into the room at the end of the tunnel that he was in. There's all sorts of garbage and shit on the ground. He's holding his nose, so it probably smells like absolute ass. Or AJ's just uptight and can't handle a little stank. <laughs> As he's looking around, someone starts coughing and sounds like straight up death. So AJ turns the light and we see a very old, very close to death Frank. AJ same gives Frank him... Frank from the store, too. Mm -hmm. Same Frank from the store. Yep, just incredibly old. AJ gives him some water and tells him that he's going to get out of there to go get help. And he's just assuming that Frank is trapped like him and Tess are. And Frank is trying to reach for something, but AJ doesn't really know what. So he moves the nightstand closer to Frank so he can get it himself. And AJ is looking around for his phone, I think, while Frank is getting into the nightstand drawer and is shuffling around in there. The scenes are kind of cutting back and forth between each other, between AJ and Tess. So meanwhile, Tess made it down to a gas station and she asked them to borrow a phone the police arrive and they are immediate assholes. They were like, ma'am, take your hand off the car door because she's like, oh my God, you're here. Like grabbing onto their car. They're dicks. She tells them that she's been held prisoner. And in the middle of her saying this, they take a radio call and they're like, yeah, we'll be there in 10 minutes. So obviously they're not going to help her. And Tess is just like, what the fuck could be there in 10 minutes? Like yeah. I got a guy stuck in a tunnel with a titty lady that y'all need to come get out. They even, they ask her if she has ID and she's like, no, I've been held prisoner. I was just telling you that. And she's trying to convince them to help. And they're just side-eyeing each other. Like she's a crazy person. 
Somehow, she manages to convince the cops to come to the house, but they won't go in the house because she doesn't live there. The cops think that she is crazy, and they're like, no one is in this house. No one is murdered. The only crime that's been committed is you breaking the basement window. Way to re-traumatize. She literally says at one point, too, she's like, I'm not on crack. Like, this is real. You gotta check this out. The cops finally leave because they got another call. They think she's on drugs. They even threatened to take her in to quote-unquote sleep this off. It was all incredibly fucked up and not even the tip of the iceberg of what people of color have to deal with when dealing with the police in areas like this. And any areas, to be honest. America. Back in Frank's creepy old man dungeon... AJ sees a bunch of tapes with women's names on them, including one that just says gas station redhead, which like how fuck that you don't even know her name. Like you just gas station redhead asshole. AJ slides it into the VCR and we see Tess break back into the house to get her car keys. The scene again is cutting back and forth. It cuts back to AJ turning off the VCR and we don't see what's on the video but we heard a woman screaming and aj is looking very disturbed by what he saw and he looks back at frank and frank pulls a gun out of the nightstand he's been wrestling around in (laughs) points it at aj i thought it was ironic that aj was so disturbed by what he saw because aj is also a rapist tess is finally about to leave she is in the car with the engine started And I'm like, please just drive away, boo-boo. Please just go. She puts it in reverse. Right as Frank surprisingly shoots himself in the head. He does not shoot AJ. Our long titty queen bursts out the front door of the house, which means she went up through the house and is looking very pissed at Tess, is ready to rock her shit. Tess revs her car and hits whack long titty queen with the car, pinning her against the house. The engine on Tess's car goes out, and she's trying to start the car again as Long Titty Queen is pounding on her windshield, slowly breaking it. It was very intense. Long Titty Queen seems to die as Tess is looking her right in the eye. We are back in the dungeon. AJ took the gun Frank used on himself and is working on finding his way out of the tunnels while Tess is trying to find him to help him. Tess sees his flashlight and says, hello. AJ, dumbass, immediately shoots the gun out of fear. This is the same vibe as Howard winning his bet in Uncut Gems and then getting killed by a goon. Isn't it ironic? (laughs) Don't you think? AJ isn't a complete asshole because he helps her out of the house and they are trying to escape together. But our long titty queen, no longer on the hood of Tess's car which means she's alive somewhere. Tess decides they should limp down to the water tower together where Andre from before said that he lived. Well, she's limping because she was shot in the stomach, but AJ is just like out of guilt, like trying to prop her up. They eventually find Andre and they start talking with him about what happened to them, who the fuck these people are, what's going on. Andre, very kind, very hospitable, tells them that our long titty queen is just a crazy old lady who's been living in that house since she was born there. AJ's like, um, no one lives there. I own that house. Andre tells them, you might own the paper, but that's her daddy's house. Like, 
Frank used to bring women down there and he would make babies with them. Then, ew, he would make babies with the babies. There was lots of incest happening. And Andre said, when you make a copy of a copy of a copy, you end up with something like our creepy, deformed, long-titty queen. Which, honestly, if you think about it, puts our long-titty queen at approximately maybe 20 years old. Yeah, not very old at all. She's just never seen the sun before and never completely the product of multiple generations of incestual relations yeah and no social interactions at all so it just the only social interaction she has is that breastfeeding vhs tape Mm -hmm. which looks like it was made in like the early 70s yeah AJ starts having this, like, oh, my God, this is all my fault moment. He's talking a lot about how he might be a bad person because he hurt someone. And he's not just talking about shooting Tess. He's obviously talking about being Megan rapist, yeah. too. And he's talking about how he can't change what he's done, but he can fix it. Andre says that Tess will be fine through the night. They will go get help in the morning. And right as he says, I've been living here for 15 years. She has never came in this motherfucker. Long Titty Queen bursts through a literal brick wall and grabs him in a chokehold and Mm -hmm. legitimately rips his arm clean off of his body and starts beating him with it. Very fucked up, but honestly, it was very resourceful. (laughs) Sometimes you have to use what you have around you. You know, when you're in a tunnel, there's not a lot of resources down there. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it was brutal. It was brutal as hell. So Tess and AJ. we running. Obviously are trying to run. Yeah. They don't have many options of places to go. So they are going up the wide spiral staircase to the water tower. And that big, long speech AJ just made about needing to do what is right has obviously gone to shit because he is not helping Tess up the stairs, even though she is struggling because he shot her. AJ looks down. He can see Long Titty Queen running up the stairs after Tess. Tess finally makes it up and is like, "Uh, AJ, get your gun. He's stupid. He fumbles it and it falls to the ground. AJ is like, she's never going to stop. If she wants us, she's going to get us. But Tess can slow her down. So this sack of absolute dog shit of a human being grabs Tess by the hair and is like, hey, come get your baby to the long titty queen. And he fucking throws Tess off the top of the water tower. He is a rapist and a murderer now. Done with him. Yep. Oh, it did unfortunately work because he got what he wanted. Long Titty Queen swan dove off the top of the water tower. Very after gracefully, I may say, for somebody who's only lived in a tunnel, that dive is on point. She must was- have been practicing jumping over that pit. <laughs> she had to. AJ looks down from the top of the water tower and sees them down on the ground. So he scurries down there like the rat that he is grabs the gun, and he looks at Tess, who is laying on top of the long titty queen. Yeah. Scientifically, that doesn't... That doesn't... You have to have a serious amount of rotation. You have to be very extremely agile to land in the way that they did, which was long titty lady on her back, head cracked open, hella bleeding. 
and Tess landing like approximately like mid thoracic to neck up on her torso. But at minimum, Tess had like a two second head start mm-hmm. off the water tower. And that's minimum. Like it could have been as much as five seconds. There's there's no way if they're fall, I don't know science, but they're falling at approximately the same velocity. <laughs> is that a thing? So it doesn't. Um, what we're going to do uh, is we're, <laughs> we're going to get really into base jumping and we're going to attempt to test this prior to parachute pulling. With um, eggs. Yeah, no. It's, on the top of your house. If she like got some sort of push off of the water tower to somehow be faster than her and is like more aerodynamic because them titties be so long. But she to Tess get there, was like, pushed. Tess was thrown. Yeah. But Long she was thrown out. jumped. Tess was thrown out. Titty Queen dove. Gravity doesn't care if you're thrown out or if you're diving. Gravity works the same. We just Listen, need to ask Hollywood that it happened. Thank you, Hollywood. If you're a physicist, I don't know if this is physics. Please consult. <laughs> Make it make sense. Uh-huh. I'd like a diagram on a map. Thank you. <laughs> because somehow Tess is still alive because she was laying on top of Long Titty Queen. Yeah. AJ, fucking sack of human garbage, immediately says he's sorry, had no choice. He panicked, whatever. He's even back with the it's- gaslighting, too. It's- he was like, I didn't even let go. You started slipping and there was nothing I can do. Yeah, we fucking all just liar. watched you snatch her up by her hair and throw her. Whatever you got to tell yourself to sleep at night. Liar, liar, pants for hire. <laughs> he's trying to help Tess up again to quote unquote save her, even though he's probably going to fucking ditch her again. <laughs> Long titty queen somehow is not dead. Comes back one more time chokes him the fuck out and puts her very long and sharp thumbnails directly into his eyeballs in his eye sockets kills him instantly good for you get fucked justin long i love you aj i hate you <laughs> bye oh my gosh and that scene too so i can't i can't do eyeball related stuff the only reason i haven't had lasik yet is because i'm terrified of eyeball related injuries and surgeries so that part was really gross for me that was super narnar the consistency looked like oatmeal mixed with grenadine that's the appropriate way to say what it looked like because it was white but also red you're making my tummy feel weird i know that's how i felt (laughs) this whole time (laughs) anyway long titty queen goes to tess again trying to say baby looking at how injured she is and tries picking her up to go back in the house. And this is all incredibly gentle. She's not, she doesn't have that same creepy boss bitch energy she's had this whole time compared Mm -hmm. to how she was the rest of the movie. I mean, she just saved her. And this is her baby. Tess (laughs) tells Long Titty Queen that she cannot go back and she grabs the gun and points it at Long Titty Queen's head credits roll as she pulls the trigger and the credits are that song uh be my baby the only better pick they could have made is the song i posted our instagram to which was baby by justin bieber <laughs> <laughs> baby 
baby, baby, oh. And that's Honestly, it. That's this fucking horrifying let's movie. Let's re-release an alternate ending really quick. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I am sick to my fucking stomach after this movie. You want me to uh, rip through some of the fun facts I have? No, I need a palate cleanser really quick. Okay. Uh, can you hit me with a palate cleansing fun fact? Or do you want me to do my grossest one so we get it over with? No, no. Come, right. come in last with the gross. I need a, I need a moment just to kind of... Absolutely reflect yes. the chaos that is this movie. We, remember when we thought Bill Skarsgård was going to be the scary guy? Yeah. Like, did some oh, weird shit. And then so we were similar. like, why did Tess end up in this tunnel? And then we were like, why is Justin Long running around with this tape measure? <laughs> yeah. Down here in these tunnels. Why is he still holding on to the tape measure? And then it was, Tess, please run, please run, please run. And she's still not running. And she's going back to the house. And she's not listening. And she's not saving herself. This movie's so interesting. As AJ tried to save himself and defend himself at every turn, no matter what was happening. And it's like, if Tess just had, like, a monicum of the caucasity that AJ did, like, she would have never stayed the night there, you know? Okay, hit me with some facts. God, this movie is just so interesting because, like, the first half when we have Tess and Keith, mm-hmm. it's just your typical scary movie. There's jump scares, there's spookiness, there's creaky house doors, there's tunnels, there's yelling, there's blood. And then the second half, a lot of it is driven by satire. Like, the whole tape measure thing, Justin Long being an idiot, like, that's all pretty satirical in nature. So it brings you up here really quickly, and it, like, gets your guard up, but then it eases you into the rest. A lot of people did not like that about this movie. I did. If it would have been flipped, I would never sleep again, ever. If it was satirical up top, and it let me get my guard down, and then it was terrifying, I would well, like, have issues. And I feel like, you know, we do that very hard cut scene to Justin Long's character, AJ. And then we're just a little bit confused for like a uh-huh. solid 20 minutes trying to figure out the timeline, when, where, this, that. And then I feel like it drops from satirical, like after he gets trapped to like immediate, this is this is like a worst case scenario situation. Like this uh-huh. is the worst that humanity has to offer us. Like what is going on and it isn't even until um andre says like oh they've been having babies with babies that you realize like five minutes before the movie ends like the actual horrors where it starts to like set in that have happened in this house and have been happening in this house for a solid 50 years and then it just makes you cringe and it leaves you with cringe and it makes you feel bad for long titty queen yeah, She's once you real product of her environment, you know. And again, it's one of those things where we're switching who the barbarian is at every point. Maybe it was Keith, and then Keith's dead, and it's not Keith. And then Justin's cool, and then you realize he's a piece of shit. And then you're terrified of Titty Queen because she smashed 
Keith's head in. And then like, you're like, oh no, she's actually the victim. Frank is the scary dude. And then he fucking offs himself. And it just switches for each and every character. I think more or less, besides for Tess, besides the fact that she just doesn't want to save herself, just back and forth with it. It's a real roller coaster. Yeah. And back to the, the hard cut from Tess and Keith to Justin Long being in California as AJ. That switch is one of the main reasons why it was rejected by A24, our favorite, um, which is one of my fun facts. It was rejected by A24 because a lot of the producers and the early people that Kreger was pitching this to, Mm -hmm. they were like, you made us buy in to Tess and Keith and then you switch completely. And then you dropped it. To not just a different narrator but a narrator we're supposed to hate because he raped a girl. So a lot of people did not, a lot of people in companies, A24 included, did not buy into that. Luckily, it was picked up eventually by, like I said, 20th Century Studios, which is technically owned by the Walt Disney Company. And this movie is actually streaming on Disney Plus in some countries. No, it's not. Yes, in some countries outside of the US. In summation... Our long titty queen is a Disney princess. <laughs> I rest. Not my face. Disney princess. <laughs> um, oh, representation is, is important. That is a <laughs> and we've we've needed years. a long titty Disney princess for a while now, <laughs> and we finally got one. <laughs> Would you like another fun fact? I'm scared, but go. Zach Efron was the first choice to play AJ. I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. And because Kreger wanted a, quote, beefcake himbo. <laughs> Just say you want Jonah Hill. <laughs> beefcake himbo. Adam Sandler should have done it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? Yeah. Zach Efron didn't want it. but. That's fair. Yeah, I think Justin Long did a good job. He's he just charming the part enough. Really well. He's just charming really enough, well. but he's got that little scummy edge to him that I. Well, it was do you remember his character that you know Jay that he played in uh, the end where he was just yeah. like, "Fuck this! I want out. This is dumb. I don't want." Nah, 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 nah. And I was like, "Well, this whole thing is terrible." Yeah, <laughs> it's good. He did a really good job. Also, when I saw Justin Long was in this movie, I knew it was going to be fucking crazy because Justin <laughs> Long was in Tusk, which we need to do Tusk. You know, I was told that I was told like, oh, if you liked Barbarian, you should watch Tusk. And I actually haven't seen that. So that would be a first for me. <laughs> oh so my god if you want to do any sort of live takes oh if our listeners god. are interested in live reactions Putin. to me seeing tusk for the first time you have a once in a lifetime opportunity on this ground breaking podcast i can't there are tears coming to my eyes i cannot believe you have never seen tusk don't I'm look just, it up. Don't look it up. I just want to read the no, very quick script. Don't look it up. Very Caitlin, quick. I'm being so fucking, be so fucking for real right now. Do not look it up. I don't want it to get ruined for you at all. Stop. Oh, wait. More Justin Stop. Long. Stop Googling. It's Justin Long. Stop it. You're done. You're canceled. <laughs> You're done. Haley Joel Osnett's in this? Caitlin, please stop. You're going to ruin it. <laughs> 
Did you go to images? I'm going to kill you if you went to images. I didn't you go went to images, but a walrus? Do not go to images. Do not look up anything. I'm not doing anything Tusk. more. Okay. Caitlin, I swear to God, it no might more. be the next movie no we watch because you're going to lose your okay. mind at Tusk. You're okay. lose it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you I have am- more anxiety now in this moment realizing I've never seen Tusk or watching The Barbarian? It's not anxiety that you've never seen Tusk. It's hashtag excitement. <laughs> Whoa. Would you like my last fun fact? Yes. I think we can all agree that the cringiest scene was the forced breastfeeding scene with Justin Long. But part of that scene was cut because it was too gruesome. The part that was cut, our long titty queen grabbed a rat, bit its head off, and chewed it up, baby bird spit it into AJ's mouth. I'm calling PETA. The material that they used to shoot that was warm, bloody prosciutto. (laughs) And Justin Long is like, I can never eat prosciutto again. (laughs) Because it grossed him out. Watching it back or just in moment? Doing it. Someone was spitting up warm, bloody prosciutto into his mouth. And they didn't even keep it? They didn't even keep it. So prosciutto has been ruined for Justin Long for no reason. Well, that's honestly a travesty for him. Yeah. Because prosciutto's really fucking good. I, gotta I don't some. like prosciutto. I don't like prosciutto. <laughs> I'm gonna go get yeah, it. that's all I got for fun facts. This Final is... Thoughts? Um, I have tension in my shoulders. I need a massage. I need to go sit in the hot tub. Um, my final thoughts. This movie, it's insane. It's back and forth. It's surprisingly artsy for me, I feel like, in the mm-hmm. sense of its shooting, its symbolism, its uh, you know look into these different levels of these characters. Again, exploring the full definitions of what a barbarian is and who it is and what time and via perception on every different scale from simply having the caucasity to full-blown gentrification. It's a, it's a good movie. I like it. And I was actually surprised last night too, like how shocked and spooked I was by watching it in the middle Mm. of the night for, you know, for a rewatch. Yeah. The rewatch value is very high. I love this movie. It terrifies me. It's up there with one of my favorite scary movies just because it's fucking terrifying and it has everything. So with that being said, what's your rating on this movie? And we're still doing out of five stars, right? Uh uh We might need to change it to 10 because... Oh, should we change it to 10? We can change it to 10. Okay. Interesting. Do you want to go back and re-rate our other stuff? Um, What's your rating? Out of 10... 7.5. 7.5. What's yours? 7. What would it be out of 5? Just curious. A 4 feels too high. 3 feels too low. So 3.5. Which, what's math? Is that the same percentage? Yeah, it's the exact same. So changing our scale to a 10 didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, I think it gets a 7. It's good. Well, cool. Dope shit. Okay, so is is Tusk the next movie officially? Has it been decided here in this moment? I think Tusk should be the next fucking movie because you're going to lose your mind at Tusk. Let's go. We're doing Tusk.
keep an eye out on Instagram for show notes, releases, reels, mm-hmm. info, any uh, cannabis products that have been smoked. We're going to add some of the companies so you can uh, find your local carriers, find your mm-hmm. local dispos, dispensaries. Um, we're going to hit the recipe notes too. Mm-hmm. Just it's real simple, bread and oil. But you know, if you want to go back and check out some of these other dishes, check them out. We got our Instagram page at Puff Puff Pass the Popcorn. So mm-hmm. pop on over, give us a little follow. Give us a also, like. uh, if you guys are interested, I, as we learned last week, and again, if you didn't listen to the episode last week, you're a fake friend. <laughs> <laughs> I am starting a new job and the supplies and materials that I need are very, very different. I work in public education. I am a counselor and I work with kids who are in need of a lot of support and we don't have a lot of supplies for those kids. So if you're interested in donating to my counseling program instead of to our podcast, that would be greatly appreciated by both me and my students and the families that I serve. So that link is also in our bio. So yeah, I need a lot of shit, a lot of stuff. (laughs) And even if you don't have a lot to contribute, just sharing our page, send it to a friend, send your reels to your friends or people who tolerate you. We appreciate the love. We appreciate the listens, the likes, the subscribes. Subscribing and downloading helps a lot, but also just like reviewing our podcast on all the platforms helps. Yeah. What's your star rating for us? Yeah. I'll star rate you back. Is it five? Because <laughs> if not, there's the fucking door. <laughs> you want to change it to a 10 star rating midway through, early way you better. Through? We'll find out. Come back later for Tusk, where I watch it live from Rachel's house probably maybe we'll see uh maybe we'll maybe we'll have you vote in to see how we do that and in the meantime i'm gonna stay off the internet and uh go try and put soap on my brain yeah do not google tusk if you've never seen tusk do not google it before you watch it oh that's terrifying i don't like that recommendation okay thanks for listening okay bye bye (laughs) yeah for real bye